You do that over and over and you start to learn new patterns. Your voice starts to learn new patterns. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't need to sound as amazing as like Barack Obama. That is not what you have to go for. You just need to go for your best attempt in that moment when you share your voice, when you're interrupting the conversation, when you're kicking off your meeting, when you're introducing yourself. Your presence in a room is going to be so much more powerful. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. It is so good to have you listening. If you're new here, hi, I'm Jess. I've been hosting this podcast for quite a while, and I used to have a career in the 9 to 5 space for many, many years, and now I am a coach for women in the 9 to 5 space, and I coach women on finding their voice and feeling confident and really stepping into that next level version of themselves, kind of breaking out of that limited, small, doubtful version and into a true leader. And one of the topics that I am obsessed with, that I love talking about, that I love helping people with is the voice and really learning how to speak in a way that lands very powerfully with your audience. It's sort of like the difference between an actor doing an audition and reading a script and doing a really lackluster performance versus a really talented actor who goes into an audition and just like crushes it and reads the script with so much like vigor and energy and is so captivating. And when we speak, the words we use are very, very important. But what is more important than the actual words is the energy and the feeling that we put underneath them. And today's episode is really all about that. And it's about how to become aware of the default energy and some of the default things that your voice is doing so that you can decide if you like what your voice is doing or if you want to change what your voice is doing so that you can land and feel stronger when you speak. And I wanna share something really important because everything that I've created, I created this show and I really create this work for an older version of myself. And I used to be very shy. I really struggled with my voice. I felt very scared in meetings. Speaking up was very hard and uncomfortable for me. And a lot of what I am sharing with you is all about how to have like this super strong, powerful voice. And I never want you to hear anything that I share and think that it's not for you because you have too far to go or because you're shy or because you're introverted or because you have a lot of worry or anxiety in a meeting. One of the most powerful things you can do is figure out how you want your voice to sound and then just get there in little steps over time. You don't need to go from where you are to that end result really, really quickly. And in fact, I think that's a horrible idea because when you go quickly, you don't integrate the change (laughs) and your voice is like a muscle, right? It's like a physical thing in your body. It takes time 
for it to change. So give yourself time and be open to the fact that maybe this is something you could do. Maybe your voice can get to this point. And I also want to share something really important with you. This is the most important thing. I'm talking about a concept in this episode called speaking small versus speaking big. And when I say speaking big, I really want to clarify. I do not mean being very loud. I don't mean being super extroverted. That is not what I mean when I talk about speaking big. My definition of big is speaking with more of the energy that represents your full potential and who you really are and how your voice sounds when you are at your best. And the best voice or a powerful voice does not have to be the loudest. And to really hammer this home for you, We can go back to the example of two actors reading the same script and it being a completely different experience. They can both have the same exact words, the same exact script, and it can sound completely different. So I really want you to think of that idea and also think of two actors reading a script and think about how could a soft-spoken or more quiet actor actually be better or more impactful than a super big and loud actor, right? There's all kinds of reasons we can think of why. Maybe it fits with the material better. Maybe the soft-spoken actor is actually more confident and they're being more of themselves and the louder actor is kind of putting on a mask and like puffing up their confidence more than is real, you know? There are so many reasons why louder isn't necessarily better. And I think sometimes in corporate spaces, we have oversimplified and dumbed things down to the point where we're like, louder is better. And that literally reminds me of like a monstrous wilderness creature going like ooga booga, like through the jungle. It just feels so dumbed down and silly. And like, of course, it's not about being loud. It's about being strong and captivating. Strong and captivating is not the same as loud. And so what I'm trying to help you do is be strong and captivating. For some people, that might mean loud. There are people out there in the world where strong and captivating for who they are and their personality and their voice equals loud. Then there's people out in the world where strong and captivating does not equal loud. For some people, it equals like warm and inspiring or charming. It could be a million different things, but it doesn't necessarily equal loud. And so I want you to listen to this with an open mind and really think about how your voice is and how you feel inside when you're being the most you. The thing that we're amplifying is you and your comfort with who you are and your certainty in what it is you have to offer. And those things do not have to equal loud. And now to get into the main concept for today's episode, I'm going to explain to you an idea called speaking small versus speaking big. And when I was really struggling with my voice, I was speaking small all of the time. Speaking small is the way that your voice sounds when inside you are feeling like you shouldn't be speaking or feeling like the thing that you're saying isn't good or worrying about what people are thinking of you. When you're having that inner experience, you have all those doubts and all those fears, the gusto, (laughs) that's kind of a weird word to use, but it's the best word I can think of, 
the gusto that's in your voice becomes small. It's like the wind gets taken out of your sails. And actually, it's kind of literally like the wind gets taken out of your sails because part of what is happening when you're feeling small is your body is collapsing and you're not using as much breath. So the wind is literally being taken out of your sails because you're speaking with less breath and therefore your voice is coming out with less strength. And speaking small is going to sound and look different for everyone, but the shared factor is this is what happens to your voice and your body language when you are feeling not great, when you are feeling not confident, when you are worrying about what you're saying, when you are feeling like you don't belong in the meeting or you're not good enough or you're not smart enough, it will impact how your voice sounds. I'm gonna contrast that with speaking big. Speaking big is what your voice and your body does when you feel really, really good. So you feel solid in what you're doing, you feel good about yourself, you maybe feel happy, you feel comfortable. You don't have all those doubts swirling around. And in fact, when you're speaking big, not only do you not have any doubts, but you are past that neutral point and you feel positive emotion about the content that you're sharing. So that positive emotion could be the emotion of certainty. You could feel really certain about what you're sharing, which I talk about in my executive presence course. I'll link the course below in case you wanna get it. It's free. You could also feel deeply engaged with the content you're sharing. So if you love what you do and you think it's the coolest thing ever, then that's going to come out in your voice and you will speak bigger because of that love and engagement for the work that you do. You could feel really fascinated by what you're sharing. So if you're sharing findings or a piece of work you did and the results or the subject matter is super interesting to you, you're going to be speaking bigger. You're going to be leaning in more because you have that positive emotion and that good feeling as you're speaking and it's really gonna impact your voice. And the two levers that are really happening when you think about speaking small versus speaking big, the two things that are impacting small versus big and what your voice does, one is how you're feeling and how confident you're feeling about yourself, and two, the emotions that you feel about the subject matter, about the meeting room, right? When you love the people who are in the meeting with you, when you love the work that you're doing, sometimes that is enough to eclipse the doubt that you have about yourself. So when you're thinking of going from speaking small to speaking big, you can shift not only your confidence and not only try to grow your confidence, but you can also become more deeply connected to why you love the work you do and why you love the rooms you're in and the people you're talking to because that is a really potent source to help you go from speaking small to speaking big. Now, speaking big and speaking small are going to sound different and look different on everyone, but you will notice that your voice will sound different, the tone of your voice will change, your body language will change, everything will change as you go from small to big. And I think it's pretty obvious, but big is gonna land a lot better with your audience. When you feel good and you feel big and you speak big, you land big, which is ultimately what you need to do if you're trying to show people that you can lead and if you're trying to show people that you can get things done, not just like when you're alone by your computer, but in a room full of people. 
And so what you're aiming for is speaking big. And I want to talk to you about how to get there. And I want to help you build some awareness of your voice so that you can become aware of what your voice is doing and so that you can start changing how you feel inside while also learning what it feels like in your voice when you're going into speaking small so that you have that awareness of like, oh, I'm speaking small. That's what's happening here. And I want to be speaking big. And now I'm going to share the most important thing about this. And whenever I share this with people, they don't like it. <laughs> Every like everyone that I share this with hates it. And we'll talk more about that. But let me share it with you first and then we will discuss. So when I'm talking about speaking small and speaking big and how you can go from speaking small to speaking big, before I even tell you how to do it, what is actually more important is that you become aware of how you're treating yourself and speaking to yourself internally in your mind when you notice you're speaking small. So what I really want to make sure doesn't happen in this episode or in the growth work that you are doing and strengthening your voice is I want to make sure that you don't equate speaking small with you are bad, you are failing, you suck at speaking up, you're horrible, you're an imposter. It is so easy to take the thing that you're struggling with or that you want to change and make that thing mean that you're bad, that you're doing it wrong, and then to grow and aim towards your new goal, which in this case is speaking up big, from a place of like, well, I was doing that wrong, and it's really bad, and I can't believe I'm speaking small, and I want to speak big, and so now that's what I'm going to do. It's really easy to approach that growth from like that really harsh and self-critical place. And so before I even walk you through this evolution, I want to first walk you through what's more important, which is how you approach the growth process and how you treat yourself when you notice that you're speaking small. Because if you try to approach this from the angle of like, well, I'm bad when I'm speaking small and I'm only worthy and good when I'm speaking big, it's going to make the growth process take longer because you're going to beat yourself up every time you're not happy with how you're speaking And it's going to make the growth process feel like at an underlying level, shameful and awful because you're trying to undo this thing about you that you think is wrong. There is nothing wrong with speaking small. All it means is that you haven't gotten to a point where you are comfortable to express all of the potential that you have. You just have more like layers of the onion to shed. There's nothing wrong with that. And as you go on this journey from speaking small to speaking big, what I really want you to think about is what kind of experience do you want to have in your own growth process? So I want you to imagine to help you make this decision and to help you understand why this is so important. I want you to imagine two classrooms. One classroom, the teacher is teaching the students how to speak big and the teacher is harsh and cruel and mean. And when the students mess it up, She points them out and ridicules them and is very harsh and very mean to the students. That's the first classroom. The second classroom, it's a different teacher teaching the students to speak big. And this teacher is warm and loving and caring and inviting. And she offers the students a lot of positive encouragement. And if they don't speak the way that they want to, she gives them a chance to try again. And she supports them as they're growing and learning and makes it a fun process. And if someone makes a mistake or messes up, she just uses it as an opportunity to learn and grow and try again. Now, which group of students is going to have the better experience? 
which group of students is going to experience more sustainable growth. And most importantly, if you think about your mind as a classroom, and if you think about yourself as the teacher of the classroom in your mind, what kind of teacher do you want to be? Do you want to be the teacher that kind of yells at the students because they're not doing it well, that ridicules the students, that is really harsh? Or do you want to be the warm, inviting teacher who is supportive of the students and creates an atmosphere where people feel really good? And now I know what you might be thinking because this is the pushback that I get. I get this pushback from everyone. I get it the same pushback, which is that, well, if I'm nice to myself and I'm the warm teacher and I'm supportive, then I'm not going to be motivated to grow. I've only ever grown from a place of being harsh on myself. And my question to you then is, do you want to continue doing that? Like, yes, maybe that's worked for you all of this time, all of these years. I certainly know that's my pattern. I'm still untangling from it. I've I got a lot done being an asshole to myself. But the question that I have asked myself in my own growth and that I think you might want to ask yourself is, do you like that pattern? Do you want to stay in that classroom Or do you want to believe that you can get the same outcomes and the same growth while being in the classroom of that teacher who is warm and supportive? And I believe we can grow with care and warmth and support, and I believe we grow way faster. And this doesn't mean that you don't push yourself, and it doesn't mean that you're not dedicated. It just means that you don't create unnecessary suffering by being really mean to yourself when you're not progressing at the rate that you want to, you know, and making it mean that you've done something bad and you've done something wrong. And so my biggest takeaway for you is I'm going to be talking to you now in this episode about noticing when you're speaking small. And I really don't want you to villainize yourself. I really just want you to notice with curiosity, with observation, as if you are just learning something for the first time and There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your voice. Nothing has gone wrong. Everything is okay. You're growing and evolving and taking yourself to the next level and becoming more of you. And so with that, let's talk about speaking small. So what I want you to start doing is when you're speaking or when you're in a room, I want you to pay attention to how you're feeling. And I want you to start paying attention to your voice and your body language and how it sounds and how you appear when you are feeling not very confident. And I want you to really notice what your voice does when you are speaking small. Again, it's different for everyone. For me, there are a few things that happen. One is my voice definitely does get quieter. So for me, louder is bigger, but that's not true for everyone. But when I'm speaking small, my voice gets quiet. I get a little like mumbly. So it's almost as if I'm like, my brain is like, oh, well, like if you mumble and like use your lips less, people won't see you as much, (laughs) which is like so absurd because like not moving your lips as much does not make you less visible or noticeable to other people. But like, I think my brain thinks that like if I move my lips less, then like people won't notice me. Um, I tend to drop out of my sentences So I will start maybe with speaking big and then I'll start to trail off often and I'll notice a kind of like decline in the energy of what I'm saying. That's a really big one. And I will also be looking for approval more. So if I'm thinking about what are other people thinking of me right now, that is usually a signal 
that I'm speaking small. And in contrast, I also want you to notice how your voice sounds and how you appear and what are some of the signals that you are speaking big. So for me, when I'm speaking big, I am often smiling. That is a very common one. I'm often making jokes. I It's really hard for me to not make jokes and like say weird things. And usually that happens when I'm feeling relaxed and confident. So that is often a signal that I'm speaking big. But I can be serious. I can be totally serious in a meeting room, everyone. Just want you to know that. Um, so I'm making jokes. What else am I doing? I'm, I'm taking deeper breaths. So I'm speaking like I often do for the podcast, just with more breath and a little bit more push forward in my voice. It's not really like a fake voice. It's just a way that I flip myself into kind of being like a bit more focused and a bit more thoughtful of how I'm speaking. So there's like more breath and more push and more oomph in my voice. I tend to move more <laughs> when I'm speaking big. You can't see, but I'm moving my hands right now and I'm kind of like bobbing my head a little bit. I do tend to move quite a bit. I have a very in motion, expressive body and I have very expressive hands. My hands really like to talk. And so those are some of the things that I observe when I'm speaking big. I will also sometimes speed up and sometimes slow down. But when I'm speaking really big, I actually tend to slow down because I have the courage to slow down and be in that space a little bit more versus sometimes when I'm speaking small, I will speed up because I'm wanting to rush through it and have it be over and have me be done speaking. And so what I want you to do is just notice what your voice sounds like when you are not feeling confident and when you're speaking small. And notice what your voice sounds like when you are feeling strong and confident and speaking big and make a decision about how you want to land when you are in meeting rooms and really notice what your default is. This is really, really important. I want you to notice where you are on the spectrum of speaking small versus speaking big when you enter into a room and you're not being intentional about your voice. So like where where is your default barometer? Is it small or is it big? This is really important because until you're aware of this, you can't change it. And again, this is where it's really important to give yourself grace and space if you start putting your attention to this and you're like, oh crap, I'm speaking small all the time. That's okay, right? It, it, you've been doing it for a while. You've now just turned your attention to it, but there's no need to like shame and blame or like make it a problem. It just becomes about, okay, how can I now start speaking big? And I also want you to notice some of the common signals or triggers that put you into speaking small. And a really, really big one that often happens that I became hyper aware of and tuned into as I did theater work and as I did have learned like comedy where you're interacting with an audience, right? So like um, I don't do stand up. But I do other forms of like improvised comedy. And, you know, just like in a stand up show, it's all about like the comedian has to notice like what is the audience la like laughing at? What are they responding to? Like, what are they experiencing? So you are hyper tapped into the audience. And I really notice that my brain it has a lot of concerns <laughs> and a lot of fears about what the audience is thinking. Right. And I also notice that in professional settings, 
as soon as my brain would start to wonder what the audience was thinking or maybe the audience wasn't saying anything or responding and then my brain would be like, oh no, they hate it, they hate you. Then I would start speaking smaller and smaller over time and I had to remind myself and calibrate and tell myself, okay, when I'm speaking and I'm not getting any reaction, my brain is going to try to convince me that the audience hates me, even though that's not true. I mean, maybe someone in the audience hates me, but I don't have actual evidence for that. So my brain is creating a story. And because of that, I'm speaking smaller and smaller and my voice is trailing off and I'm starting to mumble and I'm starting to get really small in my physicality. And once I noticed that, then I could intentionally correct it and be like, okay, I'm going to go in the meeting. My brain's going to freak out if no one's responding, but I'm going to continue speaking big. And what is so fascinating about this is that when you don't shrink away because you're not getting validation from the audience, they end up validating you because you're so fucking badass. When you speak and you hold strong before you get any approval, you land so much more powerfully, I cannot even explain it to you. Like if you want one of my best ninja tricks for badassery, like pure badassery, it is that your voice doesn't waver even when you get zero response. And I'm gonna give you a really fun experiment to prove this to yourself and to test this out. If you're ever sharing information or sharing a presentation and you want people to interact with you, you will see that depending on how you invite them to interact, you will either get crickets or people will jump in. So if you ask people, like let's say you're presenting a slide to people and you want them to talk and share their opinions. If you ask while you're thinking, oh, no one's, what if no one jumps in? What if it's crickets? What if it's silence? If you ask while thinking that, you're going to get crickets because people are going to read that energy. They're not going to feel open and relaxed. So you're going to get fewer people wanting to participate. If you ask people to participate or if you ask people's opinions while feeling totally certain that they are going to jump in and while not at all being concerned about crickets, people will jump in. Try this. When you need people to jump in, ask it as if you know they're going to jump in. And it's like, it's when you don't need them to and you're confident anyway, people respond to you so differently. It is fascinating. So, so fascinating. But to tie up that point, you can just notice when you might start speaking small because you're not getting validation from people. And as you learn to continue speaking big, even when you aren't getting anything from your audience or even when you're just like talking to everyone on the Zoom or in the meeting and they're all just staring at you and you're like, what are they thinking? When you can continue speaking big through that experience, you will become so powerful. I'm like freaking out because it's like, one of the biggest things that I've learned, and if you can start doing this, it's going to change everything for you. It's going to connect you to like your voice and your authenticity and your soul and your body and your physicality in like such a deep way that is going to change how you speak and change your energy in a room completely. But anyway, to bring you back to you and where you're headed and your growth and your goals, I want you to observe how your voice sounds when you're speaking small, how your voice sounds when you're speaking big. And I want you to just take those first initial steps towards intentionally speaking big 
in situations where you would otherwise be speaking small. Now, (laughs) there are two ways to go from speaking small to speaking big. You can literally just be playing a role of a character and acting big even when you don't feel big. And in my executive presence course, if you've watched that course, that is what I refer to as yellowtail. (laughs) And this won't make sense unless you've taken the course. But when you're just kind of pretending, a lot of people call this fake it till you make it. I don't like that phrase. But when you're putting the sound in your voice, but you don't really feel it inside, that is one way to go from speaking small to speaking big. And it is not horrible. It's not a horrible thing. It's a great place to start because it puts your attention on speaking big, which is better than like not even being aware at all, right? But that speaking big isn't going to land as powerfully as when you're speaking big because you genuinely feel the shift inside and you've experienced that shift from being not super confident to being much more confident. And as a result of that inner, you know, that inner shift, that inner feeling, now you're speaking bigger. And so you can do the faking it, right? And you can just try to sound like you're speaking big or you can actually shift to speaking big by learning to feel more confident in yourself. And what I like to do when I'm working with someone on this one-on-one, if they are not feeling confident with themselves, I do what I talked about at the beginning of this episode, and I take the sneakster door in. (laughs) I like to think about it as like the sneakster back door where you like enter that no one knows about, which is the passion that you have for the work that you're doing and for the people around you. I hope at least one of those you kind of like, because if you don't like the work that you're doing and you don't like the people around you, you should get a different job if you can. Um, But there's gotta be something that fires you up. And often it's a lot easier for you to connect with that than it is for you to connect with, oh, I'm so amazing, I'm so confident. So what I suggest you do to get you from speaking small to speaking big is to connect more deeply with what you love about the work. And even like, let's say you're preparing a presentation, right? And you're like, well, I want to be speaking big. Ask yourself like what you love about it, right? Because you will often get so stuck in your head, like, oh no, I have to speak, blah, blah, blah. Like you'll get so stuck in that. The last thing your brain is going to think of is like your passion and your joy, right? Like when you're doubtful and fearful, that is not where your brain goes. And so you want to bring yourself back to that because that already exists. You don't have to manufacture that if there are things that you love. And maybe you love your team. Maybe you love your colleagues. Maybe you love whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just love. It's that pure feeling that you can bring in. And when you think of that and connect to that, you will automatically start speaking bigger. The other thing that I want to share with you as an action step This one is so powerful. This will change everything if you start doing this. So if you start doing this, you need to reach out to me and let me know. Um, But what I really want you to think about is using speaking big as a way to push you to jump in or interrupt in rooms where a lot of people are talking and you have troubles jumping in. So if you can't get a word in, what I really want you to think of is you enter into the crossfire by speaking big. So it's sort of like a chef with like a big knife being like whack, like hitting the knife really hard on the thing, right? They're not putting the knife down daintily. They're thwacking it. Maybe not a chef, maybe a butcher. But anyway, like, you know, a big knife going like onto a cutting board. And I want you to think of speaking big as the way you come in with that knife and just have it go into the conversation, right? 
So when, because when you try to enter into a crossfire of a conversation while speaking small and you're like being really small and like reserved and then you're like, you're like trying to jump in. Oh, come on. You know, you're not going to get in, right? You're going to get trampled by everyone in that conversation. And that's probably what's happening if you're trying to interrupt and jump into conversations by speaking small. So what I really want you to practice is when you are jumping into the conversation, jump in speaking big, jump in with more confidence, more you, more gusto in your voice. And the other thing that I want you to practice, this is the final thing, the final place where I want you to practice speaking big, is I want you to practice speaking big at the start of you talking. So if it's a job interview, I want you to speak big the first sentence. If you're running a meeting, I want you to speak big as people join the meeting, as you kick off the meeting, the first few things that you say. That is such a great way to get your confidence feeling big right from the start and to show yourself, I can do this. I am in control of my voice. I am not victim to all these things around me. I am the one that decides how I feel and how I sound. And I know from personal experience, I know that you're not always in charge of how you feel and how you sound, right? We're not always 100% in charge. Our bodies do things. You know, we get stage fright. We have hard things happen. But you are in control of some of it. And I want you to focus on the piece of it that you can control because that piece is there. It is always there. And I want you to enter into every conversation. And I want the first thing you share to be your best attempt, your best effort at speaking big. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be earth shattering. You don't need to sound as amazing as like Barack Obama. That is not what you have to go for. You just need to go for your best attempt in that moment when you share your voice, when you're interrupting the conversation, when you're kicking off your meeting, when you're introducing yourself. Just in that moment, your best attempt at speaking big. And if you give yourself time and space, and if you give yourself the grace to observe yourself and notice when you are speaking small and you get acquainted with your habits and your patterns and your voice, and over time, you nudge yourself back into speaking big and you do it from a place of love and encouragement and warmth and compassion. You do that over and over and you start to learn new patterns. Your voice starts to learn new patterns. You practice speaking big the first sentence of every meeting you do, and eventually you're just going to do that, and that's going to become the default way that you kick off a meeting, and your presence in a room is going to be so much more powerful. And then once that becomes a pattern and once speaking big becomes easier for you, then you get to blow it up and take it to the next level. And not only are you speaking big, but you're focusing on being captivating and you're focusing on showing your charm and your personality to people. And that is really what draws people in and makes people want to work with you and makes you that leader, that person that everyone's like, oh my gosh, I want to work with her. I want to be in her team. I love her meetings, right? And it all starts with just one little moment, one little intention of just observing without being mean to yourself. Am I speaking small or am I speaking big? What is happening right now? And just a little nudge, a little push of speaking big here, speaking big there. It doesn't have to be all the time. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to sound amazing. You just want to get things moving in that direction. 
one of the most incredible things about your voice is that it's it's a part of your body. I don't, I, is it a muscle? I, I think there are, the diaphragm is part of it, but like it's a physical part of your body. And when you begin using it in new ways, it learns how to help you, right? So you begin to work with your confidence and your voice and you put this intention in to speak big And then you'll see over time, your body and your voice is going to start to work for you. It's going to start to give back to you. It's going to learn the patterns. It's going to learn how to support you. And you will feel in control and in command. And it'll feel so empowering and amazing. So start with a small step. Be the warm, inviting teacher that encourages yourself every step of the way. It doesn't have to be perfect. And we don't need to push ourselves to grow from a place of harshness and self-criticism. But when we fall back into that, which we inevitably will, we can gently remind ourselves that we get to switch to the nice classroom and be with the nice teacher and be in the classroom where the kids are practicing and growing and failing, but still having fun. So those are my tips for you today, and I really hope that this helped you. If you want my personal help with this, this is a huge portion of the work that I do with so many of my clients. So in strengthening your voice, it is a physical part of your body, and one of the things that I do is I help you learn how to speak big and I give you a safe space to practice doing that and to learn doing that and to get comfortable doing that so that it doesn't feel so hard and scary to only be able to practice and only be able to try things out in meetings or, you know, in situations where there are a lot of people watching you. Having a safe space to grow and learn and experiment is one of the most effective things that I have found for going from feeling very afraid and dealing with a lot of fear to building comfort and confidence in your voice and your body. And I take that very, very seriously. I believe that if we feel like we're being judged or we don't feel safe or we don't feel welcome, it is really hard to get out of your comfort zone and to take those brave steps. And in the one-on-one work that I do, I offer that safe space for you to learn how to speak big. And speaking big is one of a few different skills that I work on with my clients. And I'm gonna be talking about more and more of them on the podcast. So you're gonna learn more and more about all of the different ways that you can use your voice and just all of the ways that you can be powerful in a room. And I encourage you to just start with a small step and be patient with yourself. And if you want my support, I will link my website below. We work not just on your voice and not just on speaking big and the outer sound of that, but the inside, how you feel, right? There's your voice and the sound of your voice, which is the instrument, but you are the player. (laughs) And so as the player of the instrument, learning to feel good about who you are and how you work and how you lead and your capabilities, all of that is going to translate into your voice and we will work on those things together. I will link my website below. And if you want more, but one-on-one work isn't quite right for you, definitely check out my free course on executive presence, which I mentioned a couple times here. And it has a lot of overlaps with what I talked about in this episode. So it's called Speak Like a CEO. And it is a video course. It has three videos. And I teach you what are called the three C's. And they are the foundational skills of executive presence. When you do these things, You land in a room with so much power. I have gotten amazing feedback on this course. I think you will love it, and I will link it below. You can sign up for it. It will give you everything you need 
to know what kind of communication lands in a room as being very executive and very strong and confident. All right, that brings me to the end. Please let me know all of your epiphanies, all of your discoveries around speaking small versus speaking big. Please let me know how you're doing. You can find me on Instagram. You can email me. I'll put my contact information at the bottom. I love hearing from you, so please feel free to reach out. And with that, I'm going to sign off and finish up my day. I hope yours is going well, and I'll catch you next week. Bye.